Oh man, I feel like, wow, it's like I come over, it's like I don't know what to expect. I gotta be honest, I come in, it's like a little like I'm trying to get my bearings, there's cartoons, your mom, and it's like you still got it. Look at her, just living the dream, I love that. You know what, I will have some meatloaf. You want some? Yes. I knew you'd go, hey mom! The refill. We want it now! The refill. What is she doing? I never know what she's doing back there. Just living the dream. Mom! The refill. Fuck! Ho ho, Ma, get the meatloaf. <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> I never know what she's doing back <laughs> What's there. What's she doing? <laughs> oh, Timmy, my bald headed brother, it is good to see you. How are you, my friend? Happy birthday. How are we traveling? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, traveling well. Actually, I've got a bone to pick with you. About being called bald. Okay. Did you see that article? There were two articles. It's an article about a um, UK court case where it was determined, it was ruled... In the court of law. In the court of law that um, calling a man bald is sexual discrimination. So you have been sexually discriminating the shit out of me on this podcast, I must say. And in life. (laughs) And in life. And in life. (laughs) So... I am solicitors ready. <laughs> I am gonna. I gee whiz. I'm gonna just rip your bank account to shreds, my man. But that's anyway. fine. It already is destroyed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I can start. I can start um, slashing people because I get bald slando as soon as I walk out yeah. of the room in the morning. So <laughs> that's fine. I was actually going to start this. I was going to say that I'm going to start this off on a positive note because I didn't like that I started off like okay. you know beating my chest all red and hot and complaining about ram 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 yeah yeah you were hot to try Brad Scott change the rules. Um <laughs> and I've got like two really good heartwarming stories. All right, please, yeah, let's do it. So the first one is do you know what a e-bug is? An e-bug? Yeah. No. It's a emergency backup goalie. Now, what this is, we're talking about the National Hockey League. Okay. Now, obviously, you've got two goalies in the NHL. So yep. you've got your starter and then you've got your backup. And you've got one on either end. One on either end, <laughs> correct. Good. <laughs> Stay with me. Yeah, I'm staying. I'm here. Now, there are, op- there are times when a goalie gets injured mm-hmm. and then the backup goes in and then there's no other goalie if that person gets injured. Oh, yeah, right. So the NHL has at every arena what's called an e-bug. So uh-huh. this is a, like, literal random person who plays. Yes. Who Like, I don't know what they get paid. I don't think they get paid much. But in case disaster strikes, they can go in for either team. Wasn't well, there a famous story about that happening once? There's a, There's been a couple. There's so been a couple, yeah, okay. Uh, a, a couple of years ago, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost to an e-bug goalie who was in his mid-40s. That's right, yeah. Had liver problems. Yep. And not only that, he was an employee of the team. He drove the Zamboni, which is what cleans the ice. Amazing. Yeah. So I had two of those, two out of the three of those things, mid-40s and liver problems. Correct. And you also drive a Zamboni, <laughs> but, but on weekends. Yes. There was one of them uh, towards the end of the season in Anaheim and Dallas. Now, there's a man, a young man named Tom Hodges. So, 27-year-old insurance salesman, born in the UK, uh, then moved to Texas. Incredibly heartwarming story. 
he he did an amazing interview where he's saying he had a he was having a panic attack beforehand and going into details about how he had to give up uh, his dream of the NHL at an early age because he lost sight in one of his eyes due to an illness. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you just, you just in moments like that, like it's a shit show for the sport. Like it's a it's a horrific look because you've literally got a civilian, yeah, in a professional game, which is my dream. Like I would love, yeah, it's, I would it, love to get involved it be, in it. It would be awesome, yeah. But it. But you just can't not be like kind of just like you know fall in love with sport like that. Yeah. Like seeing this, seeing this literal insurance salesman find his way to like live out his dream, which he would have thought never gonna, never gonna experience. Almost brought a tear to my eye. Like it's just absolutely beautiful stuff. So shout out to Tom Hodges. We love people living out their dreams. Good on you, Tommy. The second bit of good news is um, your cousin, former guest of the show, uh, Kathleen O'Kelly Kennedy, yep. uh, is off to Poland as we speak yep. uh, to compete in the Paracanoe Sprints World Cup, I believe. Yeah, her first time representing Australia in that sport, which is very exciting. Yeah, we absolutely both love her, um, obviously for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, your cousin and one of the one of my favorite guests if i'm being completely honest yeah she was great i don't think we've actually spoken about it in a recorded land mm. how did you find my slander of you on that episode um i found it hurtful disrespectful but ultimately funny it was funny <laughs> it was was it ha ha funny or like ha ah, that's funny but um, like no there wasn't a lot of truth to it so it's just a, it's just funny I think the best part about it, it's like that real, like, you wail on someone for 10 minutes and then you're like, oh, we loved him. Yeah. You yeah. always finish up oh, with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you assassinated my character for 10 minutes straight. And then, but hey, but hey, hey you know. Yeah, uh, it's all a, good. We good love fella. him. We he's love him, fella. don't we? Yeah, we love him. We love him. Uh, yeah. No, she's, uh, yeah, very proud of her. And I think she's going to go great in that sport. So looking forward to seeing what she does. Yeah, no, couldn't have said that any better. Um, all right, let's... Um, get stuck into some headlines. 10's Late Night News with Sandra Sun. We begin with the signing of... Keeping you informed, keeping you involved, keeping you in touch. Australia's most established late news service, the Late Night News with Sandra Sully. Weeknights on 10. Thank you, Sandra. Tim, take it away with the first headline, please. Yeah, a sad one, uh, and it rocks the cricketing world. Former Australian cricketer Andrew Simons passed... Is away at the age of 46. This was an absolute shock. Um, extremely sad, very tragic, um, and just like hard to hard to believe. Surreal, real surreal. Another one, you know, mm. like with Shane Warne. Uh, obviously, we lost Rod Marsh as well. So it's been a hell of a year for cricket. Yeah, very, very, a very tough one to take. Um, you know, you, you don't have to be a cricket fanatic like myself or yourself to sort of know who Andrew Simons was, a very large character, yeah. a very lovable character. You know, yeah. I was just watching, I've been watching some videos and they're hard to watch. I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. It, it's, it sounds weird to say that for someone that you don't know, but I, I've said this so many times, like I grew up, people my age, we have, we all have such a, a love affair with cricket because yeah. we grew up, with the golden age of cricket, yeah, and so like I, I've I've said that you know the, my best memories are you know being down like down Point Lonsdale with my dad watching cricket with him, yeah, 
Um, and you know, I, I remember, I remember the the hundred he made. I remember like you just you've never cheered for someone yeah, was so awesome. more yeah. in a baggy green than Andrew Simons. Yeah. And the fact that that was the same test that Warney took his seven seven hundredth wicket as well, mm. like uh, serendipitous, really. But um, yes, yeah, a, a supreme cricketer, like amazing fielder. Probably t- was that first of that generation that took that fielding to the next level. Like yeah, hundred percent. From then on, especially in the shorter form, you had to be cat-like in the field, mm. amazing arm. That set the you know, bar. He did. That's yeah, why. He that's one of the reasons why we were so good and yeah. so hard to beat. Yeah, he was the benchmark in that area. So amazing legacy, but yeah, taken obviously taken way too soon. Yeah, no, it, an absolute tragedy and obviously thoughts and prayers to uh, his family, his friends, uh, anyone who was uh, was touched by... Um, Roy, he will uh, he will definitely be missed. Yep. Uh, next headline we have Sam Kerr is named Football Writers Association Women's Player of the Year. Now I know you're probably not a you're probably not a big football fan, correct? Is no, like I've got a, I've got a, I've got a um, yeah I used to love Liverpool growing mm. up, but I've just yeah with the time zone it just gets hard. But yes, um, this I'm is not a, as passionate as I used mm. to be, but I obviously know. Uh, about Sam Curver. Yeah, so the the Football Writers Association is, is a very big award. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, you know, you're Harold Sun MVP, you know, where you get the, you know, the meat tray. Like yeah. this is, um, you know, pretty much as, as big as you can go. And I'll just, I'm just going to read off her, Sam Kerr's week. Okay. Right? Yep. She scores a double against Manchester United, Manchester United, to win the Women's Super League. Yep. And then goes and scores a double against Man City, Manchester City, to win the Women's FA Cup. In a week. In a seven-day span. Not bad. That's that's not bad. Andy. She's she's our best ever. She's our best ever footballer. I would, it, I, she is close to being our best ever athlete. Oh, 100%. I, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. Like, the, the goals that she kicks. She's a freak. Jesus H. Christ. Yeah. yeah. She has just got that. Special ability to just mm. you know make the impossible look easy. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So massive shout out to Sam, um, absolute freak of nature, and easily one of our most enjoyable athletes to cheer for sure. Um, so Tom Brady, my boy, big Tommy, signs a ten-year, three hundred and fifty million US deal with Fox to be their TV analyst. Once, so post-retirement, as we know, he's come back from retirement. So, um, like, that is unbelievable money, obviously. It's a scary amount of money. It's a scary amount of money. The fact that it's more mo- he'll make more money in 10 years on that deal than he's made in 22 years in his professional Correct. contracts is, like, that actually hurts my head to think about. Yeah. Um, now, as you know, I, I do have a contact here and there in the mm. industry, in the biz. Okay. Um, and I am excited to share, we'll call this our first refill exclusive. And oh. it's uh, Tom Brady's audition tape before Fox signed him up. They wanted him to do a little audition. Okay. Um, and I was able to get it. So uh, let's hit play and have a listen. All right. Thanks, Basil. I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the Saturday afternoon team. We're a bunch of unique individuals. Malthouse, Harley, Zemplis, McLaughlin and myself. We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. 
And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right. And sometimes you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay. Because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. So if you want to come along for the ride, join us on Saturday Arvos because we just love the footy. Uh, now, my point with that is, like, obviously, that's that's one of the greatest live TV we've ever seen from Brett, Brett Kirk there. <laughs> but imagine if Fox signed Brady up and the first live cross they did with him, he just starts spewing Brett Kirkisms. <laughs> They'd be like, oh, boy. They'd be like, is it possible for us to give him more money? <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's um, – thank you for that as well, Brett. Um Oh, I, you know what my favourite part about that is? Oh, there's, like, so, there's so many. There's, my favourite part is when he turns and he goes, you have to have courage. Mm. And he's really, in that moment, yeah. he's, he like, he, I can feel the courage yeah. when he and says the pours, word courage. pulls out of the TV yeah. screen, yeah. It's a, it's a special, special moment. That I, yeah, I just love the, the sort of the fist pump because just like you, we love the footy. Like it's just... We're not going to always get it right. <laughs> And that's okay. And that's okay. <laughs> it's it is just iconic. Like you, it is care. iconic. <laughs> so good. So come and join us for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, the next one. Now, this is a very, very contentious one. So when this episode comes out, full disclosure, the PGA Championship will be run and won. Okay. Hopefully by either Cameron Smith, Tiger Woods, Mark Leishman, or if Rory McIlroy wants to lead after the first round and then win, my rent is paid for. But the PGA Championship winner of last year, which was an absolutely incredible win at the time, Phil Mickelson has withdrawn for it. The big lefty. The big lefty. So he's withdrawn from it. Now he hasn't withdrawn due to injury. Mm-hmm. He has not really played on the PGA Tour this year because he's basically joining... He's basically looks set to join the Saudi Golf League, which I run by is led by uh, a man named Greg Norman. Mm, I've heard of, I've yeah, I've heard, heard of him. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically funded by Saudi money, and obviously there's the human rights issues with Saudi Arabia and, and everything there. And it's basically a how much money are you prepared to get in order to look overlook? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a murderous regime. Um, and Phil, Phil has come out and done this a couple of times. He's yeah. made some brutal, brutal statements on it. Um, there's a number of players who are who are going to join this league. Uh, Sergio Garcia is one. He threw a – he had to be taken away in the ambulance during a PGA Tour event <laughs> recently because he wasn't happy with a rules official. And he you know, was basically – you could hear him on the thing saying, I can't wait to leave this league. So it strikes me as uh, the Saudis have – and Greg Norman, who's obviously had a beanie's bonnet about the PGA for 30, for, 30 for years. Ever, yes. Yeah. They've finally found a backer financially who's going to say, you know what, you guys yeah. hate the PGA, you've got your problems with it. Yeah. Here's the Rebel Tour. Yeah, Let's I'll get grab the players. We've got the money, let's make it happen. Mm. Uh, it's just the wrong money. It's 100% the wrong money. And look, it's very easy for me to say like, you know, you're living a good life on the PGA Tour, you know. I'll never – if someone wants to take $20 million to go play, you know, a Saudi golf league funded, that's fine. Mm. That's your decision. Mm. But you can't 
you can't get pissy when someone you know calls you out for what you're doing because you oh, are literally putting a your own financial gain yeah. ahead of your basic views of uh, you know basic human rights. We're, we're not talking about well when you when you heard him say oh the, like talking about the journalist that was murdered and then you hear so him nonchalant saying, so yeah, nonchalant oh, um, you know it was a mis- oh, it was a mistake but you know. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah we'll, and he's we'll, just like, oh, there, you know, there's some bad dudes, but, you know, yeah. everyone deserves a second chance. You're like, like, um, um fucking excuse me, Philip? Sorry, Shark? <laughs> excuse me? So, yeah, there's a few players who are going to join. Um, Bryson DeChampoo looks like he will be one of them. He yeah. had an v- extremely weird press conference moment the other day, which I'm actually going to play right now. But it's a great step in the right direction, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that I'm here and able to persevere through it and you know I've got a lot of stuff going on recently and uh, just being out of the game is not fun it's not been a, a fun thing for me so excited to get back and give it another shot I think everybody deserves a second chance yeah. um okay yeah de-shampoo yeah take those make sure you take those fucking fat boy hats with you to <laughs> to to the new tour because he has worn out a lot of people Mm. Uh, on the PJ Tour, and I don't think they would be upset to see him go. Yeah, that's fair. Moving on from uh, golf. From golf to footy, Leon Cameron resigns as head coach of the GWS Giants, uh, which was always coming. As soon as, uh, as soon as you can't get a commitment from a club that you are um, going to be re-signed, and we'll talk about it at the end of the season, you are gone. Mm. And um, a, a real Chris Franklin kind of a segue there from footy to cricket. I think it's cool that I act like a fool. But um, Leon Cameron, uh, three prelims grand final. Oh, does... I, think, I think people who say, oh, you yeah, underachieved or whatever are absolutely missing uh, and not understanding how hard it is to win a fucking AFL grand final. It is very, very hard. So the fact he... How hard it is to win a prelim. Prelims are I, prelims are maybe harder. I reckon you could. Yeah, I was going to say you put five hundred AFL players, coaches in a room and ask them what's harder to win a prelim or a grand final. I reckon the vast, vast majority will say prelim. Yeah. And I think the best chance they had um, produced, like obviously that twenty eighteen prelim Giants Bulldogs was an all time, maybe one of the best games ever. I was Definitely. there. I can confirm that's the best game of footy yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and that was their chance because I think they would have beat Sydney the next week. Um, if Callan Ward doesn't get concussed in that game, they'll win. Yeah. Callan Ward was easily best on ground up until that point. He was unstoppable. Yeah, so um, stiff. And even uh, I often say this: the qualifying final that same year, Giants Sydney, the first half of that. If you ever want to watch mm. unbelievable footy, tough, stupid good footy, stupid good. So look, they, clearly he had the talent. He got him. He got him to the to prelims and grand finals, as you say. So I think he's. I think you got to you got to ticket as successful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not the ultimate success. I think he can coach. Will he coach again? Not sure. Yeah, I I ticked this as or I graded this as par for the course. Now here's why. Let's put. If you put him in a... Because he was rumoured to get Port Adelaide, the Port Adelaide job. And I think he was pretty much offered it and turned yep. it down to go to GWS. Yep. If he goes to... If he takes the Port Adelaide job and from that same time span, he has three prelims and makes a grand final, overwhelming success at Port Adelaide. Absolutely. 
but given the the fact that the obviously the the new uh, Gold Coast and GWS were gifted a lot of these draft picks and a lot of that thing. Yep, a whole heap of front end. A whole heap of basically set up to basically succeed. Yeah, I think that, and like full disclosure, I view this as this is what Gold Coast should have done. Like I, Gold Coast should be well and truly better than what than what they have been. Yeah. So I, I view this as basically the AFL set them up to be like this. So I, I give him a tick. Do I think he's a good coach? I think the verdict is probably out. From to, and that and that's just my own opinion yeah. based on yeah. based on stuff that I've seen. I don't know if he's a modern day coach. So look, good luck to him. Like yeah, um, I mean he'll for everything he's achieved at the Giants. There's still the best bit of coaching he's ever done is with Rocket in the box, uh, with Rocket losing his mind. Yes. Rocket, 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 we can't think. can't think. <laughs> imagine how many, like, imagine how many meltdowns he would have seen. Well, that was just one qu- quarter of footy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, God. So, uh, yeah, look, he'll still be remembered. In my mind, he'll always be remembered as the man who, the, the, the Rocket Whisperer, if you The will. Rocket Whisperer. And I think it's it's very important, even though I've just said like the verdict is out for me in terms of how good of a coach he is, you don't necessarily see a lot of former players go on to be really successful coaches in sport. Like good footballers, Leon Cameron was a really, he was really good really good footballer. Three hundred game player, yeah. Deadly deadly on his oppo to a point yeah. where you couldn't tell if he was yeah. ambidextrous or not. Yeah. Bit like myself. But Well <laughs> Well But uh, hats off to him. He's obviously a good enough coach to get. Yeah, the team yeah. To he was it. able to communicate. Yeah, you know, a lot of the naturally gifted guys mm. just can't communicate to the lesser gifted people. Yeah, exactly. Is required, but he was able to obviously um, climb that mountain. Yep. So good luck to him and yep, whatever he does now. Uh, next one is. Argentina pulls out of the friendly that was scheduled to be played in Melbourne against Brazil. Now, Argentina, Brazil in Melbourne. Did you know about this? I only knew that they'd sold tickets without having confirmation. Yeah, so, well, they had a whole press conference about it and they sold tickets. And full credit to my um, younger brother, Matthew. Very big, he's, our, he's our soccer He's our soccer analyst if we ever need one. Sure which we probably won't need one, or we'll probably get, like, Robbie Slater or someone decent. We'll just go a bit higher. But no we'll offense. go higher than him. To ma- but he said, he's like, I don't know why I'm, they're selling tickets to this. And he said this, like, weeks ago. Yeah. They sold, like, 66,000 tickets. And it, and it wasn't necessarily signed off and agreed. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the reason was. I suspect the that the COVID restrictions... Uh, and that part of the world are probably a little bit uh, more relaxed than what it is here. Yep, yep. And too many hoops to, to jump yeah, through. Yeah, like, oh, well, yeah. And Ju- they're like, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Sorry, we're not coming out. No, hundred percent. So I'm I'm team Argentina in that one. Um, speaking of the beautiful game, a beautiful man, Ange Postacoglu. Uh, Posta was it Postacoglu <laughs> to manage in Europe. <laughs> He does not hold the required UEFA Pro license. Ah, oh, this has got to be a wind-up. A poster cuckoo. Leads Celtic to win the Scottish Premier League title in his first season. And like I don't think... like They just smashed him. They yeah. moonwalked it. 
pretty much. It wasn't just a it wasn't a tight run thing. Like they were mm. home with two games to go or something, were they? Yeah, I think there's two games left, and they um, they, yeah, they literally did it backwards. Yeah, I mean, Ange copped a lot of shit when he was Socceroos head coach. A lot more shit than what Graham Arnold gets. I reckon which is it's a, it's a Sydney Melbourne thing, wasn't it? Hundred percent it political. It's Sydney Melbourne thing. I just think it's uh, the, the more than any sport federation, the football federation of Australia is run by is, Sydney. It is, and it's so political. Mm. Um, Ange took Australia to a World Cup. Yeah, like you know, what World Cup is Graham taking? Yeah, exactly, us to? exactly. And then the fact that he's got two first names as well. Have we not addressed that? Yeah, you never trust someone with two first Fuck names. Fuck no. Um, so he did that, and then he got the T1 of Brass after taking us to the World Cup um, when he was clearly the right man for the job, mm. or at least you know, high, very highly qualified for it. You know the saddest thing? They can't go back to him now. No, and and I, would, I wouldn't I would if I was him either. No, and, and 100%, I would support that decision. Every day unless, of the week. And there's everyone who made that decision is no longer on the board. I'd mm. come back Kevin Bartlett style with Richmond. Yeah. But anyway, we've glossed over a little bit, but amazing. Amazing cause achievement. Because that's a massive club, mm-hmm. a big worldwide club. Um, and I reckon it's going to lead to a EPL. job at, in the EPL. Mm. And seeing Ange, you know, walking the sidelines for Man City or someone like that is going to be unbelievable. It's huge because we I mean, look at the impact that like Harry Kuehl, Mark Viduka had yeah, back in the day when you know Leeds, Newcastle yeah. United, Liverpool. Yeah, like that is so big for yes. football, and it's that's massive. so big for actual like because there's no there's no doubt about that football in this country has stalled mm-hmm. like, massively. The A League when it's when it came in had a big push. Yeah. getting into the World Cups gave it a big push, and that's regressed. The standard oh, of the A League, the A League ratings on Channel Ten are an absolute disaster. Yeah, and the fact that we're probably not gonna we're not gonna make a World Cup. I'm just gonna come out and say we're not making this World Cup. No, I don't think we will either. Yeah. Is awful for uh, football development in this country at the lower level, which is you know we need we need that to be going in the other direction. So yeah. seeing someone like. Imagine if he got, yeah, like he's obviously not going to get a job at like, you know, Newcastle, but imagine if he got like a job at like Manchester United or I think it's know, on or, the cards. Or Chelsea. I, think, I think it genuinely is, yeah. Mm. Oh, I hope so. Like that that's the sort of thing that puts bums and couches and to watch those games and yeah, exactly. Rating. So yep. Yep. Uh, congrats to Ange and um, hopefully hopefully see him land at a massive club. Like I don't want him to land at like a like a like a Bristol no, and I don't think he'd take. I think he. I think Celtic's more appealing than one of those. But obviously, when one of the mm. when one of the big boys say uh, Angelo, <laughs> he's going to say <laughs> hello. Yes. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely incredible. Uh, next one: Cricket Australia and the Players Association have agreed to a twelve-month extension to the Memorandum of Understanding to expand the women's national one-day competition to a. Full-time season for the first time ever. Now, this basically means that uh, the the one-day season will be expanded for a, no- a number of extra rounds. Okay. And what that's basically going to mean is that it's going to be basically an extra seven... It's, I think it's about 7,000 or workout per season in salary for the players. So uh, Molly Strano, who was the first ep- guest I had on for this season of the show, yep. she spoke about, you know, how... She just wants to play more cricket. Yep. She wants this to become 
uh, more of a full-time job. They're professional athletes. Let's start treating the market. And this is a really good step. Absolutely. And it's just happening more and more with women's sport, which is great. Yep. So massively shout out to Cricket Australia and the Players Association for getting that done. And yeah, 12-month extension. So let's hope that that, you know, on the back of the success with the World Cup and, it, you know, women's cricket is just going to keep growing. Like we're going to get like that, the test against England. 100%, yeah. That, the way that, that test finished, so many people were watching that. So I hope that it doesn't go unnoticed. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Molly as well. Uh, it would be good to see her um, get some more cricket under the belt and yeah. hopefully we move towards uh, some uh, red ball cricket for them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so the Golden State Warriors and Dallas Mavericks are currently fighting it out in the NBA Western Conference Finals and the Miami Heat and our boy Jimmy Buckets Butler and the Boston Celtics are locking horns in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals and of course the winner of those goes through to the NBA Finals, the big dance. Um, I will touch on this a bit later but uh, Dallas led by Luka Doncic. I have a stat for you. Okay. It's a pretty unreal. Like when I saw this tweet, I was gobsmacked. Yep, go for and it. And I'm not often gobsmacked. Over the course of a seven-game series, Luca outscored Devin Booker, who finished fourth in the MVP voting. Yep. He out-rebounded DeAndre Ayton. Yep. For those who are unaware of his height, he's seven foot 18. Yep. He out-assisted Chris CP3 Paul, which I'm very happy about because he was one of the demises of Lob City. Yep. And he had more steals than Michael Bridges. Mikhail Bridges, yeah. <laughs> Michael they're, they're, Bridges. Yeah, so they're the stat leaders of, and, the, of their team. And Bridges Bridges is the was second in the defensive player of the year. Yeah. Luca made him look like a like an overweight dad playing at the Altham Leisure Center. I feel seen. Yep. You should feel seen. An <laughs> an overseen <laughs> an overweight bald dad playing well, at the Altham Leisure Center yeah. for the first time in ten years and really getting lit up. Yeah, look, I'm going to touch on this a bit in a bit more detail, but it's an amazing stat, and it just shows how dominant he was, and he, like he single handedly beat mm. beat the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns were the favorite to win the whole NBA Finals. Yeah, um, so amazing. I, I don't think they're going to have enough juice to get over the Golden State Warriors, um, and then the other one, Miami Boston. Um, Boston had a couple of key players, Smart and um, Horford, out in the first game. If they come back, I still, I'm still going to back Boston to beat mm. Miami, but uh, that's going to be a real close series. So um, yeah, keep your eye out for that. Last headline we have: the Calgary Flames defeat the Dallas Stars in overtime in Game Seven to win their first playoff series since 2016. Did you catch that game? I did not. Well, let me tell you, you caught it. Me. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And there were tears because for the first time since 2016, I found true happiness again. It's a beautiful story. It honestly, what this, if you think what Port Adelaide does to me is bad. It is. This hockey team does it 10 times over. God. It's sickening. I, like, I actually, like, my brothers were texting me. I call, so my full disclosure, mm. my brothers and my dad. I call them the shadow government because what they do 
whenever there's a sporting event that I'm trying to watch, because I'm pretty inactive on my phone, because yeah. I, I'm just so nervous and I just, I'm a mess. Yeah. The shadow government meets and then they, they organize like when to text me and stuff and what to say because I'm very superstitious. <laughs> the shadow government was rampant during game seven. Mm. And I how did you, how did fucking you, hate that. Yeah, how did, I, how I, did you take it? Were you handled it okay? No, because now that I don't have to, I've called out the shadow government in person, so they know that I know what they're doing, mm. and they'll keep doing it. Because now that they know that it affects, they do you. it more. Yeah, well, of course, it's pretty obvious that it affects me. Like, but you can Why can't you turn your phone off? Or do you need? I to? do. Oh, okay. I do. I turn. I put on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. Um, for Puerto games because my dad Magic, as you yeah. like to refer to him as, yeah. he's he's disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's borderline it's borderline emancipation okay. type well, behavior. Yeah. So incredibly raw and emotional scenes from. Um, uh, so so for someone um, and probably all our listeners who don't um, follow <laughs> hockey, what does that mean? Like, are they, is is the Stanley are, are they in the Stanley Cup or is the no, Stanley Cup? No, it's the first round of playoffs. Oh right, okay. And it's a headline that we will keep reviewing right. because game right. one of the second round was today. They won. Yep. So, they are uh, eleven wins away from from hoisting the Lord Stanley. Not that anyone's counting. Oh, uh, this would be big for me. Yeah, it sounds, this is it sounds... this is a I believe in God for this reason because I prayed to this. I pray for okay. this to happen. Okay, so that's a good way to finish the headlines. Finish strong. Uh, Always. You say shop early. My slogan is finish strong. Okay. Uh, and we've finished strong on that. So they are the headlines. <laughs> it is that time. And you know what? What? I mentioned that I don't know if anyone likes this 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 segment or not. There's been zero feedback on this se- segment. Not now. Oh. It's the people of the people the people have listened last week. Yep. And they've they've said they like they like you, the stock market. <laughs> well, I like you that they like you. I like you that they like you too. So with that, we will send it away to the stock market. All right, Timmy boy, you can take it away. Who is your first stock that you are buying? I am buying Indigenous Round Jumpers. Oh, same but, here. Oh, geez, they're good. They are so and good. And I reckon they've been getting, not that they're ever bad or mediocre, but I reckon that they just seem to be getting better and better every year to mm. me. Um, and I... Reckon they should be a permanent part of the jumper rotation post. So obviously prior to Sir Doug Nichols' Indigenous round, they don't mm-hmm. have them. It's fine. Have them for that round and then have them as part of the rotation. If they want to wear them in a home game and there's no jumper clash or away game, wear them because they're sick. How hard would it be for a club to make this a clash jumper? Like there's uh, yeah, there should be. There's nothing. There's no, nothing exactly. stopping a club from doing this. Yeah, I think the more yeah, the more times they can be worn. In the, the season, especially in the second half, once the, this round's um, started, the better because they are they are awesome and they, as I said, they get better every year. So I'm buying. Give me, give me them all. 
You know what? I'm gonna. I, I was literally thinking. So Lockie Jones d- designed the Port Adelaide one. Yeah. Uh, uh, second year player. Incredible. Uh, massive mullet. Massive mullet. Delicious mo. He's nice looking. He's yeah. he's very easy on the eyes, and he's like 19. Going to be a hell of a football player. He designed Port Adelaide's jumper this year, and it's. I'd hate if you uh, just crashed into this podcast at that moment. But <laughs> I know he's he is nice. <laughs> but he designed the Portlaoise jumper, which looks incredible. So I'm going to yeah. get my hands on that, and I yeah, 100%. suggest you get your hands on the Collingwood one. Collingwood one is sick. They all, they're all sick. Yeah, hundred percent. My first buying, and you had to know this was probably coming. It's Portlaoise related. Oh God, I'm buying Todd Marshall. Okay. Full disclosure. I can put, I'm putting my hand up. Mm-hmm. I was wrong about Todd. I've been his biggest critic for most of his career. I didn't see a lot. And his last month of football has been sensational. Uh, now, I'm not talking all Australian sensational, but for a young forward... To, who you had written off. Who I had written off and a lot of Portland fans had written off. If, you're, yeah. if you surf the big footy... Port Adelaide Football Club. Oh God, wouldn't that be a, just a real rank place? Real, to go? real battle for the last brain cell. <laughs> you would say that um, Todd Marshall is spot in the side was getting questioned each week, yeah, and right. um, so the last four weeks of footy, Port Adelaide's four and zero, and I think a large reason of it is the fact that uh, Todd Marshall has finally stood up and been that key forward. He's averaging eight marks, which is double what he was averaging before it. 11 goals. 11 goals, three. Doesn't miss. Would you you say he was much maligned prior to this outbreak of good performance, like a David Mensch at Geelong? Mm, Not sure. Not sure. Like, there's just been a massive difference, and I think in in confidence. He looks so confident right now, which is, I think... You can't just walk down to Puckle Street and buy confidence in the job. No, you can't. 32 years, I've never seen Puckle Street or confidence. So, I... In buying Todd Marshall, I put my hand up, admit I was wrong about him. He's having an absolute belter of a month of footy, and it, it's really great. If you know his story. Uh, I do, actually, yeah. he yeah. It's a very, very easy man to cheer for. So yeah. uh, keep it up, Toddy, because the flower are making their way back up the premiership ladder. Yeah, let's watch this space. And watch my bank account <laughs> as I invest more in the premiership odds. <laughs> Oh, God. Number uh, two. Uh, I am buying the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Nice. Uh, so they just finished their first year in the NBL. Had a massive series win against the odds against Melbourne United, which pleases me as well because yep. as an old North Melbourne Giants man, I could oh. never latch on to the Tigers. Nah. Could never latch on to the United. Sorry, Leonard. So I was looking for a team to jump on, and I am mm. proud to say... A jack jumper. I'm not well, a member or anything, but um, of course you're not. I just <laughs> I like them. Um, and I, I look, ultimately, they went down to the highly fancied Sydney Kings, but they took the NBA to new heights. And, uh, like, pun intended, uh, <laughs> and a new basketball state was born. Like, the, the Tasmanians genuinely had a community connection to them. They loved them. And because they, I mean, look, they were a bunch of lovable underdogs. And they just, you know, you could not question their effort. Every time they hit the floor, the boards, they were gave 100%. Um, hit the hardwood. Hit the hardwood. So, um, you know, they were undermanned and they were just a ragtag group of young blokes, but 
amazing first year. So give me more uh, Jackie jumpers, please. Two questions. Uh huh. The first one is very different from the second one. Okay. Does it bother you that the jack jumpers, there's no space in between the jack and the jumpers? Only if that's what the actual ant it's based on is spelt that way. It bothers me. If, Even if it is. But like that's uh, that's like science. You can't Well, well science. then science bothers me. Then. Okay. Well, that's, science bothers me anyway. Well, that's a broader... That's a broader... <laughs> a broader that's, an, that's a broader conversation. Next episode selling. Yeah. Um, but it looks... It looks crap. It looks crap. I must admit, when I wrote this down for my notes, did you put a space? I, I did. Thank I just God. naturally put a space, and then I had to look. And then I looked up and went, "Oh, there's no space." Microsoft Word does the like, yeah, the, the, you, the red, un, the yeah, red line, like, and it's, it's like, like a, you do have, you mean jack jumpers yeah, without yeah. a space? And you're you, like, you have fucked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my first question. My second question is, do you think this will push? For this will this is obviously going to help the AFL in Tasmania. Well, I, yeah, I was going to, that's a great question. I was going to raise that point as well. It's like, it's just a little bit of proof of concept for yeah. me. It's like, hey guys, look at the whole state rally around mm-hmm. one team. As I said, they had did have genuine community connection. Yep. Yeah, I can't see how that doesn't happen for a much more popular and, you know, ingrained sport like the AFL in Tasmania. So yeah. it can only be a good thing. And you can say like, Oh well, hang on. Only five thousand people went to see North Melbourne Fremantle. Hello, yeah. Who the fuck wants to watch North Melbourne and Fremantle? It's not their team. They, they, yeah. It's not your team, and exactly. it is two of the least like. Yeah, look, the they're not putting. They're not bums on seats type operators. They have those. the lowest sex appeal. Mm. Like I know Fremantle's having a really good year, but they're the like, opposite of Lockie Jones. They are no, they, they they literally are like you wouldn't. I've I've never heard anyone say like, "Oh, I'm pumped to go watch the Fremantle game on the weekend." True, although they are actually quite good to watch now. They are quite but good historically, to watch. yes. Correct. But yeah, so give them give them a team of their own to cheer for, oh, and I no, guarantee they, they would you, jump on. They yeah, would jump on. That would be. What would you call them, by the way? Because I know that the basketball team, the Jake Jumpers, have 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 said you can use our Jake Jumper name too, and we can start almost like a. I, I wouldn't a hard do that. pass on that. I mean, Devils feels obvious, right? Yeah. Is it too close to Demons? Because I would love that. You know what? The, the jersey, the green, the green with the yellow in mm. the middle. Oh, that is sick. That's a yeah. sick jersey. Keep that. Yeah, yes. keep that. Devils Devils seems hard with the, that colour scheme. Mm. So, Maybe I don't know. The, Maybe um, let's we'll workshop this. Yeah, and if you're listening and you... Got any suggestions? Please drop us a line. What would you name? What would you name Tasmania's AFL team? Because they will get one. Yeah, it is happening. Correct. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, very good. Very good. My next one is a young man named Carlos Alcaraz Garafia. Now I've pronounced that wrong. Because isn't Alcaraz? I oh know that's Grafia. Yeah. Garfia. Garfield. Gar- <laughs> Do you know who this is? No, no, no clue. It's like the, my housemate told me about him the other day. He's like favourite to win the French Open. In tennis? He's 19 years old. He's already beaten Nadal on clay. He's beaten Djokovic. This wow. Apparently this kid is like has just kind of come from nowhere, like literally 19 and he's... Uh, what are his odds, please? Oh, he's, no, he's a favourite. Oh, damn. No, that's, that's what I was saying, like... Like before, imagine what price you would have got him because right. Nadal is the, the biggest guarantee in 
French Open history. But this Spanish this Spanish kid has literally just come from nowhere, and he's literally viewed as he's the, a he's a clay pig. He no, he's a tennis pig. Okay, like he's a I think he's six in the world already. Jesus, he's man. literally come from nowhere. So this is a future number one will win multiple multiple Grand Slams kind of a. And if you looked at him, he's... and we can't pronounce his name. I can't pronounce his name. Like. His name, his middle name looks, I don't know if that's his middle name, but it looks like Alcatraz. Yeah. So I was trying very hard not to say Alcatraz, which I've now said twice. So uh, you can get a nickname out of that, like, you know, the island or something. Something better. Keg. Keg. C-A-G. Carlos Alcaraz Garcia. Keg. (laughs) Keg. It's like Clegg without the L. Yes. So... (laughs) Um, I'm buying my boy Cag. Okay, Cag it is. Might make a Cag Keep- shirt and sell it with a bootleg out the front of the yeah. Roland Garros. <laughs> <laughs> make a fortune. Um, my next buying is... I look, it's, it's a bit different. I like to throw in a different one. Yeah, um, please. It's, it's encouraged. Uh, I was watching a, a commercial the other night uh, and it was a new commercial for Fujitsu with Mark Taylor. Okay. And it got me pondering. I was thinking, you know what? I'm going to buy an air conditioner. No, I didn't, I didn't go that far. But I'm going to buy a split cycle. Um, I just love the fact that they have stuck fat with fat. Yeah, literally. For a long... Like, so 15 they, plus years. It has, um, to, be, it has it's, to be 15 it's, plus. It's 24 years. Oh, my God. I had, did a little bit of research. Uh, as you know, I love to research for this show. Um, and... Yeah, so he partnered with Fujitsu in 1998 and it is one of the longest continuous personal endorsement agreements in Australia to date. It's the longest or one and of one the... One of the... I'm, don't ask me what the other ones are because I wouldn't be able to tell you. But, um, do you know what the longest in the world is? Because I actually do know this. No. Pakistan, Cricket Board and Pepsi. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. That does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it would. It would be up there. You believed me. Well, Adelaide and Toyota is 1993. Okay. I don't know whether, but Pepsi, hey. Mm. I mean, that's my fault for thinking you'd know something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, they could have, you know, during time they could have gone with any number of, like, you know, hot dogs from Big Brother. Fujitsu might have said, sorry, Tubbs, we're going with hot dogs. Yeah. Hot dogs, cold air or something. Understandable. Um, or Is they it... could have gone with, like, Prince William, Australia's favourite air. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what I did there. But, um, no, the fact that they've stuck with him, it's a great, it's a great partnership, and mm. and he's an unlikely bloke to have that relationship. Yeah, but I like Jay's favourite heir. Good on him. I like him on Triple M too. I, I, like I a, actually really like Mark Taylor. Yeah, yeah. A relaxed Mark Taylor because the the radio and TV commentary is very different. But I actually like his TV commentary. His TV commentary is very good, but it's because it, you because we were so used to seeing him on Channel yeah, Nine. Yeah, yeah, seeing him on Triple M or hearing him on Triple M. Sorry, just a bit more was, relaxed. Was, was a little bit, little bit more relaxed, and you're like, yeah. this is like a lot, a lot to like there. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. So, and I'm a big fan of that commercial agreement. Mm. And if Fujitsu want to sponsor us, fuck if anyone wants to sponsor us. Yeah, I'm hemorrhaging at this point. Yeah, not picky. Um, my subbar to that. I I'm just going to put this out into the atmosphere. I want to I want to become a cricket commentator. Oh, sure. I, like I'm not saying I want to call the Ashes. Absolutely. Like I would love to call a Sheffield commentator Sheffield Shield game. That's, I'm sure you could. That's not a. I'd feel like that's I'm not reaching 
wait. No, I don't. Think I'll do it for free. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want. I, I, so I want to do that. So I'm. I'm already thinking about how I can do it. So you've got a plan. I've got a. I've got somewhat of a plan. Okay. I've got. I've, I know some people in certain places which could, which could, you know, help. But it's a bit of a watch this space. It's okay. A bit of a bit of a. We can update everyone. You know, every episode on where we're at. Okay. Probably yep. won't move anywhere while we're in cricket se- uh, footy season. No, no, it's going to be hard to commentate. But I want to do. I want to do that. I think I'd be good at that. Great. Why not? My next one and my last purchase, turtlenecks. Wow. They're back. It's winter. I own one. My next, you, you would look good. Yeah, uh, although there, there is a problem with bald men and turtlenecks is it does, it does, come, Jesus Christ, I wish I had a camera to, to see that. Not bald anymore, people. <laughs> but bald men with turtlenecks sometimes can look kind of penisy. Yeah, no, well, the, well that's, that's that's fine. I've I've have escaped that. Yeah. Um, are you are you growing that out for a, a year? Yeah, kind of a endorsement. Just trying to get a sponsor. Are you no? Are you are you getting a rug? No, no. You're just growing <laughs> it out just for the sake. I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I haven't grown it for a long time, and I mean, this is not a great conversation for um, an audio based. No, it's um, not content. But trust yeah. me. That people did not want to see what I saw, <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> but turtlenecks, I, I like. I like them. I think I'm gonna wear great. a turtleneck next time we do a podcast. Yeah, same. And here. you can critique my yep. um, turtle style, and you can do the same to me. So oh, I'm I gonna will. go out. Um, I plan to go out and get one on the weekend because um, it's starting to get a bit chilly in the DV. They used to be big in the '90s. I'm gonna say. Oh, I'm gonna say mid '90s bands like. Um, God, he's uh, something like it. It's not E17, but it's one of those kind of boy bands. You know, they'd wear the, the there's a big hoop gold earring on the left ear, and they'd have a turtleneck, like 90210 type fashion. Yeah, I like that. So real Zach Morris. If, yeah, yeah. So if we can, um, if we can bring them back, mm. I'm all for it. Yep. No, watch this space. Good, goodbye. Great buy. Uh, now <laughs> selling, which is is buying or selling. More fun for you. Uh, I fucking love selling. Things. I like I like assassinating people. <laughs> <laughs> I like like hitting them right I between love, the eyes. <laughs> I love sniping people. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sniper by trade, so yeah. I, I do enjoy selling. Uh, but you go first, please. So my first one, and this is one of those. Wow, I didn't see this coming. Okay, my first selling is the English cricket board. Wow, I did not see that coming. Exactly. So. Here's a little bit of an update mm-hmm. on what's happening with the English Cricket Board. If you're not familiar, they've hired Brendan McCullum, a man from New Zealand, to coach their test team. One of the great white ball... He was a great test player too, mm-hmm. but one of the great white ball smashing uh, machines. Biz. Biz. Biz McCollum. Buzz. Buzz. And they've also hired Matthew Mott. Yep to coach their one-day team, stealing him from Australia, who is coaching the uh, the Australian women's team. Correct. They've also brought Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson back into the side. I, I agree. I, I'm I'm not an ageist. If you're performing... No, it, no yeah. I, it's, it's not a knock on them. No, it's all, I'm all for it. It's, I'm, all for, I'm all for them being in the yeah, action. Yeah, yeah. Same here. 
Um, so what are you selling exactly? I'm selling I'm selling the cricket board itself. Why? Because they're a fucking joke. Okay. <laughs> Have no homegrown coaches. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They. I, I love Matthew Mott. Love Brendan McCullum. But they've got no homegrown coaches that are good enough to coach their team. If you go back in history, though, their most successful sides lately have been Aussie um, coaches. Coaches, of course they have, because they're shit at cricket, um, and they can't produce. I think you have to go back to Fletcher, two thousand and eight, with that Ashes win for the last time they had an England coach who, oh, when everyone got knighted because they won one yeah, Ashes because, series, because um, Glenn McGrath stepped on a cricket ball, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it just shows how much of a gong show they are. The fact that they've made this massive stand where they're like, all right, we're going to blood the youth and we're going to get rid of Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, who were our, their two best bowlers. Correct. And then they've obviously had their bowling attackers at a pretty lean county season. Yeah. And they've had to bring them back in. It's taken an outsider to do it. Yeah. But if you look at the, the – they've got a squad that was just selected – Ollie Pope is going to bat number three. That's that's thin. He's never batted three. He bats at four. They uh, actually have a bit of a talent deficit. Like they 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 really do. I don't. I think their development program has been really bad. Mm. They um, have a they have neglected. A, yeah, they have it. They have this incredibly talented spinner. Apparently, I don't know his name, so I'm just going to call him um, Braithwaite. We'll call sure. him Braithwaite. Daryl first. Daryl Braithwaite. Okay. And they've picked um they've picked what they've picked what's his name over the, op, the left arm. Jack Leach. Oh yeah. They've yeah, picked yeah. Jack Leach over this kid who apparently is incredibly exciting, has taken all these wickets in well, county cricket. Well, I mean if cricket. he's taking yeah, if he's taking wickets in county cricket, then mm. but see this is where someone like a McCullum will just say, No, no, no. He's in he's mm. in the squad. Because it's too early for McCullum to pick a like he's only just Landed. 100%. Like, it wasn't a knock on him. It's just like... No, but give him time. Give yeah. Him time. It just shows, like, just what an absolute mess, like, this place is. So, yeah. incredibly easy thing to sell. I wish... Oh, it's a hard one because I wish Matthew Mott especially success. Yeah. But I kind of don't at the same time. Yeah, it's a bit hard, isn't it? And It's like, different from, a you know, yeah. your standard domestic leagues where a hero goes, mm. goes and coaches another team. This is... National pride. This is maybe yeah. I should have sold the New Zealand cricket board because Daniel Vittori is going to be an assistant coach of the Australian set, which I love. Yeah, well, we we spoke about it off air. Yeah. We love we love left arm spinners. Oh, do we ever? We lo- we love it. We love a good left arm spinner. But New Zealand cricket has has let Daniel Vittori and Brendan McCullum, two of their best of all time, um, true leave leave um, Etaroa yeah. and you know coach elsewhere. Like what what are you doing? Good. What's yeah. next? Stephen Fleming going to coach in the Big Bash? Oh, wait. Ooh. He already has. <laughs> Clowns. That's uh, my first one. Nice. I like it. Um, my first one is the Phoenix Suns, the Sacramento Kings, and the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh, a little bulk sell. Who, in 2018, all ignored the man, our man who we were just talking about before, Luka Doncic. And like sometimes basketball is hard. Mm. But sometimes it's easy. Sometimes talent identification is hard, but sometimes it's easy. And you, mm-hmm. they just tried to outsmart themselves. They started looking at the reasons why this kid who was dominating against grown men at 19 years of age in one of the top five basketball leagues in a comp, 
in the world shouldn't go number one as yeah. opposed to just taking him because he was clearly a generational talent. So they, so I just want to talk about his elimination playoff game sure. um, history. Please. He averages 38.3 points per game in an elimination playoff game, mm. which is unbelievable. It's the highest in NBA history. And as you mentioned before, he single-handedly tore the, sh- the Suns apart and beat all their stat leaders um, by himself. I ripped the guts out of him. And then the the player that, that the Phoenix Suns took pick one, DeAndre Ayton. He out-rebounded him. Yeah, but he also shut the bed. He was benched in the second half. Of Didn't he play like 13 minutes or something? Yeah, yeah, 17 minutes and he was benched in the second half and his coach told him he was a quitter and, now, and, and had a massive falling out. And now Aiton wants to be traded because he doesn't feel valued. So that's pick one over Luca. Yeah, pick right. two was Marvin Bagley the third, who went to the Kings. And he started the year out of the rotation, didn't even play on opening night. And um, they had no plans on playing him at all. And they actually refused to trade him at the deadline last year because he had no value. I wonder, so that's pick two ahead of Luca. I wonder... Like, honestly. And then and then the Hawks had pick three. Yeah. They traded it to Dallas. Um and they took Trey Young, who is a who is an an NBA all star, mm. granted. But he has a real puby beard. He does, and he got absolutely owned by our boy Jimmy Buckets in the Miami Heat in yeah. their playoffs. So getting owned compared to owning, um, I just think um those three teams give yourself an uppercut because yeah. <laughs> You stuffed it. Is it? Did you say was it Marvin Bagley Junior. the third? No, Marvin Bagley the third. Marvin Bagley the third. Yeah, his I dad mean, being Marvin Bagley Junior. Yeah, his granddad being Marvin. Bagley wouldn't have been Senior. great. Wouldn't have been great if he was drafted number three pick. Yeah, they, Marvin they, Bagley the third because you could have just done the like. Yeah, every time three put up the yeah, three fingers. Yeah, actually, it could have it could have turned a whole. Um, that's that's actually really line s- of merch and all yeah. sorts of shit. Anyway, that's really sad that he's no good because that's an unbelievable name. Like that's like Marvin Bagley the third is a great name. That's a that's like a top that's like a top three name. And I think um, if I'm not mistaken, he uh, ended up at the Detroit Pistons at the end of the year. But um, he does sound like a Motown singer. Yeah, and Detroit is is the home of Motown. So home of Motown. So, so maybe he, um, maybe he's one to follow. Yeah, I think I think he'll come good. I think he, I just think mm. he shouldn't have been picked. Yeah, ahead of Luke, basically. Um, I got two things mm. on this. Um, my only rule that I live by is don't mess with Eastern Europeans. Yeah, it's a great rule. <laughs> it's honestly, it's the only thing that yeah. rings truer than tax time every year. Yeah. Now you saw big Nikola Jokic's brothers. Just yeah. sort of assert themselves at courtside NBA and look like the size of an aisle. Yeah. Um, so that's the first one. There is just. I agree with that. That's a buying. If anything, I'm buying. Yeah. Don't mess with Eastern Europe. Buying Eastern Europeans. And <laughs> um, two, uh, you mentioned talent scouting. Obviously, as a as a multiple sport uh, talent scout, of which uh, you are, yes, of, yep. of, yeah, of which I've worked in two two different sporting industries. Yep. Um, I agree. Sometimes it is very easy. Sometimes it's very hard. But sometimes I would love to know when it's easy. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, look. You I know, just wanted to point out that Horn I, I, Francis, Nick Dacos, they're easy picks. 
I get it. Oh, but, they're but, gimmies. Yeah, but that's what Luca was mm. in the NBA, and I and I ignored. Yeah. They said, "Oh, there's Holland Francis. Look at him go." No, nah, no thanks. Yeah, it's just stupid. You can overthink it sometimes. Anyway, yeah, no, nah, don't mess with Eastern Euros basically, and don't mess up your good picks. Two things to live by. Uh, my second selling is I'm not even going to call him by his nickname, Greg Norman. Look, <sighs> Greg. He might have a lot of money. He yep. might have a tripod kickstand type of package. <laughs> but I am selling everything I can of this man. Yeah, I agree. What he's what he's doing and what he's waging on the PGA Tour is tarnishing his legacy, in my opinion. Yeah. One that was already a bit, I think, a bit shaky. A bit not dicey. In, not in terms of what he's achieved, obviously an incredible golfer and one of our best ever athletes, not just golf alone. Okay. But the way he goes about things, I'm not sure if you saw the tweet from, um, why is his name? Uh, so Wayne Grady. Wayne Grady. I did see because he absolutely tore shreds off him. He smashed him to smithereens. Yeah. Um, Look, there's, there's nothing good. There's nothing good that, um, I mean, his opening line was, from someone who has known Greg for 50 years, Greg is only about Greg. Which is why I'm selling him, because this is so, so clearly obvious that his hatred for the PGA and his vendetta about it is just, um, it's just, it's blinding him to tying himself with this poor money. Look, you you talked about it before, saying like, it's not the, is it the right money? No. No. If some, if some Silicon Valley nerd wants to throw throw yeah, in exactly. and do it exactly. and he supports that there's That's absolutely fine. no issues but, but when you're i think i think it's obvious he's going to be on the wrong side of history here but oh it's, yeah but it's not the first time he's been on the wrong side of history no in 1987 uh he took umbrage about being asked about being blacklisted by the united nations when he opted to play in south africa during apartheid and refused um to commit to not doing so again. And he's, his quote at the time was, they want me to pledge that I won't play golf in South Africa. Well, they can go to hell. I'm a professional golfer and I'll play wherever I choose. So that was his take on apartheid. So cool. this is... Cool, Greg. So he's got history. Yeah. This is maybe the second time now that he's um, on the wrong, the wrong side of it. So... Uh, <sighs> you know what it comes, Come it comes down to for me is like, I mean, we're not. We're both. We're both men of you know, great character. Great character. Comfortable. Yeah, you know, we live comfortably. You know, sure, absolutely. You know, beer in the fridge. Yep, it's all. Um, it's all you can ask. Bills for. get paid. Yep. How much money? How much money does one person need? Greg Norman has has more money. Yeah, for a hundred lifetimes. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so it, that's just, why it feels like it's more about. Just shoving it to the PGA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vendettas and greed, and it just it's just it's such a shit look. Yeah, uh, and, and it's it's disappointing. Like you know what, what's that saying where it's like don't like don't put athletes on a pedestal to say like you know like make them your heroes. Yeah, yeah. It's disappointing when you see like so many like likable golfers who are sort of just like yeah, like I don't care. Like I want this. I want this yeah, bag. Yeah, and um. They're prepared to not make a stance on it. So I'm selling Greg Norman. It's an easy sell, if I'm being honest. Like, Australian golf has so many likable characters and, you know, so many people that are easy to cheer for. Greg Norman is not one of those. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Greg. 
my next sell, and again, I, I don't want to be too NBA skewed or heavy here, but I, I absolutely am. It's playoffs. Uh, Chris Paul. Oh, yes. Sold. <laughs> I can't stand he, Chris Paul. I, he, he, as you say, he, uh, he, he does attend the ambulance very often. Oh, um, he has the keys. He, he does have the keys. Um, and the, the Suns' loss was the fifth time that Chris Paul has lost a playoff series after being 2 nil up. I like that stat. Which is an NBA record and a bad one. Yeah. Um, so he's a future Hall of Famer and a Hall of Fame choker. Mm-hmm. And look, he can definitely play. As I said, like he's he's one of the oh, of point guard, like one of the best point guards that ever played the game. Someone told me he was the best ever, and that and just seems like I mean, well, more you've got probably got the subways. Well, you've combined. probably got Magic Johnson in that argument, so I'd say no. Yeah, but um, I'm not even a basketball fan. I know that's a ridiculous yeah, statement. Yeah, but he's just a serial. He just. That's five times as a pattern. Oh yeah, you know, and it's not like it's, it's not like a footy it's not side, me, right? It's, you. it's not like there's twenty two blokes out there. No, exactly. It's only five. It's five on the court. F- fundamentally, during playoffs, five to six. Yes. <laughs> In case the referees want to get involved. No, no, there. but like the rotations shrink. In yeah, players. sure. So it's usually five. It's usually seven players, but yeah, but it's yeah, starting five that get all the t- all the time. So, yeah. sorry, CP three, but mate, not sorry at all. Sorry, not sorry. The best. Time. This is where basketball lost me. Oh. I was a huge LA Clippers fan back in the day. Yeah, Vinny Del Negro, Lob City baby, Lob City, Blake Griffin, yep, Baron Davis, just slinging the rock. Jordan, and literally DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan, and literally losing by ten, but playing an expensive yeah, style, just unmissable. And the tickets would cost like twenty five bucks. Then yep. all of a sudden. Uh, but yeah, good sell. I like that sell. Thank you. Uh, my final one is the animal that is very famous, famously found on the Rottnest Island of the the quokka. Yeah, why are you selling quokkas? Because there's this dumb commercial from uh, I'm not even gonna say it's an, insurance, an insurance company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this stupid, stupid singing quokka song. That I cannot get out of my head. That's well, in, as someone who works in advertising, I can tell you that um, when you use a mascot, it's like six, seven times more likely to get branded attention. So the, the, they work, which is why you see the bloody meerkats and all that stuff. It's not a and and then but when, that's but, I love those. Yes, yes, but then when you add a jingle, which is like four times more likely, so they've gone the double. They've <laughs> gone song and they've gone mascot. And they're gone. Give me all the. Like, they've just gone all in. Give and us all the brand recognition. Yeah, and at the expense of driving people nuts and maybe not wanting to buy their product. Uh, not only do I not want to buy their insurance, I want to get rid of all my insurance. <laughs> that's how. That's how annoyed it makes me. But I love the 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 meerkats. Yeah, it's clever. It's simple. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My ancestors. Yeah, that's see? that's great. Yeah. It but works. this is crap. Yeah, they've, as I said, they've they've gone. They've probably just they've gone too hard. They've seen the research. They said, "Well, why not? Why not have both?" And they've yeah, not quite. I haven't quite come off the long run for that. There's no. more so what was on my TV recently that's just so, entertaining me. Yeah. So, but I need to sell that. Like can't I'm selling sell, the whole animal. No, 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 no. You can't sell body quarkers. I need please. to be. 
I need to be dramatic on this show. Okay, okay. I need to channel my inner Stephen A. Smith. And seeing as I'm not a yeller. I I'm, thought you would have gone, Kane Corn's been a Potter laid man. Well, I can't dye my hair because I don't have any. Yeah, true. Let's <laughs> be careful because I can sue you if you say something about me. You I said can, it to yourself. You just Yeah, but I, I'm allowed to, but you're not. You harassed yourself. Um, yeah, but you're you, not. You literally not, harassed me like five minutes ago. Yeah, but you have hair. Yeah, true. So so you can't even you can't even fucking sue me. So I'll see you, Dennis Denudo lawyer in court. <laughs> I'll take you for everything you have. It's a vibe. <laughs> what have you got next? They don't mix politicians and sport. It is a putrid mix and has never been good. And I'm referring to firstly, obviously, <laughs> Scott Morrison. Wiping out that poor child playing soccer. High contact. Hit the head. Oh, yeah, hit to the Reckless. head. It, I mean... Two weeks. No good. But it's like, you know, Boris Johnson did something similar where he, oh, he really... Twice. Yeah. <laughs> so the charity football match and then yeah. he played rugby. Yeah. And he bundled some kid in the rugby. Yeah, like, like laid him out. Laid him out. So that... And then you've got... You mentioned it in a previous refill episode. Um, Nick Curios. And Dom, swatting Dom Perriot to Ted Perriot Parrot Perriot Perez um, <laughs> you know just made him look silly um, John Howard the first person ever to bowl oh. himself a Yorker um, and even Bob Hawke my dad your dad I don't yeah. know if you remember this but he got he was playing a game of cricket and someone bounced him and he tried to hook it and it, oh. and it went straight to the bifocals and oh. could have blinded him and dad, I let him know about that it wasn't, not, it wasn't good enough so, yeah, like if you're a politician listening, and I know you've had Chris Bowen mm-hmm. on the podcast. Chris, if you're listening, mate. I hope he is. Put the tennis record away. Hide the, he's, hide he's the footy. From, he's too smart for yeah, that. I, I think he is. He knows that. But po- I'm selling politicians in sport. Yeah. Not a good mix. Mm. The, the saying that politics and sport shouldn't mix, that can mm. also get sold because it does need to. You know, club clubs need to make stances on certain things. True. Yeah. But, exactly. But, exactly. But politicians yeah. and sport. You're a politician. politician playing sport. Don't play it. Don't do it for the photo op. Know your know your know your lane. Mm. Like that's like getting onto the what's the um the Werderbrunnen? Is that what the is that the super fast autobahn? Oh, the autobahn. Sorry, oh. my my German's a bit scratchy. Yeah. Um, the autobahn. In like a moped. <laughs> You're in the wrong lane, pal. Wrong stay in your lane. Go down East Wetterbrunn and, you know, down the back alleys. Yeah. So that's a good one. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. Yep. And a great way to finish everyone's favourite segment. Oh, yeah, yeah, After months of negotiating, the AFL and AFL-PA have agreed on a 12-month extension to the AFL-WCBA, and we finally have the much-needed answer to when the seventh AFL-W season will begin. We are extremely fortunate to be joined by Marnie Vinyl from ESPN, who covers all things AFL-W. Firstly, Marnie, thank you very much for coming on. And secondly, what is your first impression of the deal? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very stoked to be able to talk about it. I think when news drops like this, 
people like me kind of itching to have the opportunity to just like have all our thoughts and feelings out there. So thank you for giving me the platform to do no, that. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're um, welcome on here anytime. No one's ever going to be that nice to us. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm also a big Essendon fan. So if you ever need me to talk about them, I feel like they're getting dragged. Um, probably rightly so, but I have some positive things to say about them. So whenever you have an Essendon, you'd be segment, the only person I reckon. But we mainly do the dragging of Essendon on here. So yeah, fair. I think people love it as well. It's it's um it's kind of fun. I think a lot of people to drag them very randomly. One of my friends is a vet, and he just um operated on Maya Shield, so um Dylan Shield's dog, and I was like, oh. Let him know that, like, I think he's doing really a great job, even though everyone is being really mean to him. And then he actually told Sheila that, and she was like, "Uh." <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's let's before we dive into the AFLW stuff. What was your Sorry. impression of impression of that the Luke Parker Dylan Shield thing? Because that used to happen to me seven times a Saturday. Like, <laughs> so that's I, I don't see what the big deal is. Like, my mum used to do the same stuff to me. Uh, yeah, I don't really see it as a problem I also think that like fundamentally football is entertainment and we try and hinder players from having personalities on the field especially like Ginevan and you know Waitman and people like that you see it all the time but like showing stuff like that when it's like I don't know if he's not like sledging or using like homophobic language or things like that and he's just like I thought it was fine and also Mm -hmm. like kind of fair enough to like like you would hope that that would set a bit of fire under Essendon's feet but apparently not it did not apparently no no (laughs) No, it did not at all (laughs) and I was at the pub with um Gemma Bastiani who works for the AFL women's and she's a massive Swan supporter so I was also just having a terrible time (laughs) yeah all right the the players were also not having a great time there were no there was no smiles after the game there was no family and friends on the field to celebrate with it was just they weren't they weren't having a good time which is what the AFL media wanted it's just yeah it's it's a it's a it's really weird I've actually wrote an opinion piece that's going in the Guardian this weekend about just like how weird it is to be an Essendon supporter right now because I exist within the AFLW space so like the VFLW team are winning by 60 points every single week they're top of the ladder undefeated their percentage is 453 like they're unchaseable and in the same weekend you've got that mixed with Essendon being beaten by like on Anzac Day, we were being by 73 points. Like, so you've you gone from change. unchaseable to the non-chasers. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's such a weird, weird time just being like, what is happening at the hangar at the same time? Like, the most exciting thing is happening at the hangar because, like, we're getting the women's team. So, like, it's such a weird balance for, like, mm. me. Because when everyone, everyone's just like, how's Essendon doing? I'm like, I'm actually right. really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything's, everything's a subjective question, really. So, you just answer it. Just say great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry to already go on a massive tangent that you'll have to just cut off. No, no, that's that's great. We got we've we've been able to get a couple of Essendon digs in. That's great. The Essendon propaganda train um, will never stop running here. But <laughs> let's let's jump yep. into the AFLW, the CBA. When you read it, what was your first? What was your first thoughts? My first thoughts was the pay stuff was amazing. Well. Up top, I'm just very relieved that we have an actual start date that we can work towards. I think everyone was just hanging on. And it's August 25th, which is great because now all the steps can be put in place. I think it's very stressful for everyone involved in the AFLW community, whether that is players, coach, staff, media, fans. Like it's it's a pretty stressful time to not have dates when, you know, the sign and trade period is going to start now on Tuesday. That should have started 
months ago. Uh, mm. The preseason is going to start on June 12th, where the draft is going to be in the 29th of June. Like this stuff is so rushed and chaotic. So just to have a date that we can finally work towards, I think it was just relief was the first and foremost feeling that everyone was kind of having in the community. But then it was uh, the pay. So it's going to be an almost double increase in pay for AFLW players across the board. That depends on tier one to tier four on how much pay they will get. But, you know, tier one players are now going to receive uh, $71,935. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. Like uh, a lot of these AFLW players saying this is genuinely life changing. Mm. And I think that a lot of people because and I'll talk about the rounds in a second, but because the seasons are so short people think well that's a lot of pay for the short seasons that they're doing but they're still year-long athletes they can't arrive at Mm. pre-season having spent all of that off-season doing absolutely nothing they're still committed to being full-time elite athletes despite being paid as part-time and despite being paid as a very a very short round so this pay is very well deserved and earned it will genuinely make it a lot easier for them just to do their jobs and to be better players, which is good for the league in general. That's the biggest positive. And then the negative is that it's only, it's still only going to be 10 rounds, which is just not enough, especially Mm. because um, with expansion, we're going to have 18 teams coming in next season to have 18 teams and only 10 rounds. A lot of the teams won't be able to play each other. That makes it a really unfair fixture. Also, you know, Darcy Vessio tweeted the other day that they would like to be able to play more rounds than the under 10s that she's involved in. Like, it's pretty ridiculous that they're at the highest level. They're not yeah. even getting to play more than a few months. Legitimate, like a legitimate request, I would have thought. Yes. Yeah. And so apparently this, the season length was the biggest holdup in getting the CBA signed in the first place and why it's uh, a lot of the reason for why it's only going to be this one year kind of bridging CBA mm. And then everyone's going to head straight back to the table uh, come November to try and hash it out because everyone's calling for more seasons. It doesn't feel like it's an unrealistic ask if you're trying to grow this competition. And also that's the thing, right? It's like the AFLW is the biggest area of growth for the AFL. The AFL are constantly talking about areas of growth. It's why we saw GWS. It's why we saw Gold Coast come in. It's an argument that Tasmania are constantly, you know, putting in no matter how hard they're trying for whatever's happening there um it's the biggest area of growth that they could harness you're not going to do that with only 10 rounds no no absolutely and i guess my first my first kind of thought about the fixture was it makes no sense to me i can understand why they've done it and the fact that it's probably a rush season from when the season the sixth season ended and this if you're bringing in four expansion teams it's the first time the competition is going to have every every AFL club will now have a, a women's and a men's team, yep. but there's 10 rounds. And so, you know, it's not going to be like every team gets to see every team. That makes no sense to me. Like that's mind boggling. And like, it just doesn't help in terms of fandom as well. I think one of the biggest things is for when your team gets diverse, a family member's team or gets diverse, one of the biggest rivalries. I mean, if Essendon don't play Carlton, what's the point? You know what mm. I mean? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Is there a reason like that end date in November? Is that a strategic thing? Like, are they trying to avoid summer and the heat, or is that is that the only reason? There's a lot of factors that I assume were bounced around that negotiating table. One thing that the AFL players have been 
pretty strong about the AFLW players have been pretty strong about is that it would be nice to get Christmas. It would be nice to get a holiday period. I know that all players don't celebrate Christmas. So it'd be nice to get that holiday period and be able to actually spend time with family. Also playing in the heat did not work last season. You can't have these women running around in 36 degree heat. It's just genuinely very unsafe. And mm-hmm. like, Sometimes the men play and it gets like almost 30 degrees and then you see in the papers that being used as an excuse for lack of effort. And I'm like, the women have been doing mm. that for 10 rounds. <laughs> yeah. It's like you whenever they go to Darwin, they they just emphasize on the fact they show the footage of the massive fans and the ice vests and it, they're like, yeah. oh, it's 28 degrees right now. It's just like, well, you know, there was there was none of that fanfare when I was when I was playing football in Toronto in Canada when it was like 31 degrees. Like I still managed to do, I still managed to do it you know, no fans of every kind, but <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's a bit ridiculous really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I did see was because the last season ended uh, quite recently. So it ended um, just at the start of April and now we've got this next season in August, which means preseason is going to start in June. That's a pretty short time to go from season to season. So potentially that was a reason as well mm. that you don't want to go from just 10 seasons to 17 uh, I mean 10 rounds to 17 rounds in a matter of months I don't know whether that's genuine or not but that seems like a fair point as well so I assume there's a lot of things coming into play but ultimately you've got to grow it at some point no 100% CBA negotiations for almost every sport are ugly and Mm -hmm. there's always I guess a a lot of this like back and forth and where fans are sort of caught in the middle and they're sort of like, you just, you're kind of young. You just like sit at a table and like figure it out. Like the fact that it's only 12 months, do you foresee it being another difficult negotiation like this? Or is can we hope that it will be a little bit uh, smoother sailing? I can see it being a lengthy process. One really good thing to come out of this ABA though is the uh, united front that the AFLWs Real, players really did have I think in 2019 there was a lot more money and that we were a bit more divided the last time the CBA mm. uh, negotiations were going forth but this time it was a lot more united so hopefully if they can do that again they can feel uh, have a bit more strength with it also by delaying it or well, having this bridging CBA for a year it means that it gives us the opportunity to see if maybe we can have a joint men and women CBA I know it's something that a lot of the AFLWs have been, players have been calling for. Some men have showed a bit of interest in doing that, but it would have a lot of strength and a lot of power. Um, it would be a way bigger bargaining chip for everyone, I would argue, if mm. we could have that joint CBA happening. So that's a potential that could happen. But yeah, I can see it just being like a long, drawn-out process because these things, you've got to get them right. And unfortunately, you know, I'm not envious of anyone sitting at that table. It'll be interesting because the TV rights are clearly still being worked on. And then the, in 12 months' time, they've got full um, transparency. They know exactly what's going on. And then they may be in a bargaining position to extend the season or p- part of the AFLW season itself may be part of the um, media rights negotiations. And they might, ext- you know, the media partners might want an extra eight rounds or whatever it might be. So I think 12 months is going to be a lot will change. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll be in a very different 
situation come 12 months time and because Essendon are coming in as one of the expansion teams I assume that that's just going to make the whole competition a lot better and a lot more interesting for everyone yeah, that's an interesting take. Supporter. yeah that's interesting <laughs> so I think, yeah yeah uh, I mean you mentioned before you said the word rushed a couple of times and there's one mm-hmm. thing that I probably should have mentioned straight away is that when you said the trying and the, the sign and trade period is did you say next Tuesday well yeah so the the expansion sign in trade will begin on Tuesday and then a week later the um season sign in trade period. So it'll open up to everyone a, a week after that. Yeah. So I mean immediately all I'm thinking of is the fact is um there's gonna be some players who have had to sit in this awkward kind of anxious feeling of not knowing when the season started. They've now found out tonight or today that the when the season's starting and then next week they could be like getting a phone call saying, Hey, by the way, you're, you're off to go play at the hangar now. I know you don't want to, but (laughs) you're, you're off there. And like, like that just seems like, it just seems to be happening way too quickly. And I I appreciate Mm -hmm. that, you know, there's probably no perfect solution to this, but that just kind of seems a bit maddening. Absolutely. The idea that you're, basically putting whole new teams together four whole new teams but then with all of the player movement from those expansion clubs coming in so many players are leaving the you know current clubs you're basically building whole new teams you've got to get the team cohesion that team connection whole new like game plans and game styles Mm. and then somehow still be at the exact same competitive quality that you were last season that seems a little mind-boggling to me have you, Manny, have you spoken to anyone at club level in regards to what their biggest concerns are with the compressed preseason? Like, I'm sure they're juggling, as you just said, um, in terms of working at game plan, game style, skills, mm-hmm. obviously that, fitness base, and then trying to manage all that with injury prevention. I'm mm. sure that's a massive thing on their minds. Have you spoken to anyone about what, what sort of the juggling, the balancing act they're going to have to go through? Yeah, over the last few weeks, um, a lot of coaches, and a lot of players have been really concerned about how rushed it's going to be. One, because as I mentioned, they don't really know who's on their list. So they don't even know who they're working with or when it comes to injuries, what they're working with. You've got inactive players who up until today didn't have an official date. So didn't know whether they could play or not. And now you've got only like a month before preseason starts to work out whether they could even play for those 10 rounds or not and then yeah with injury prevention you're they're working full-time jobs still and then they've got to come and do a whole nother season so quickly so there's so many factors that I think everyone's just a bit uh concerned about Mm. let's um shift towards the expansion teams because uh, you sort of mentioned you're very happy that Essendon's coming (laughs) in um apart from Essendon we've also got Sydney Hawthorne and Port Adelaide so out of those four teams, who do you think will make the, I guess, the the best impact on season seven and why is it Port Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> because of Aaron Phillips, obviously. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's very interesting just watching these four new clubs and like how they've already started to build. Sydney have got um, a lot of younger talent. They've actually poached a bit of VFLW talent from Hawthorne, which is interesting. Wonderful. And then some coming through their academy Hawthorne I mean they're spearheaded by Beck Goddard who was the inaugural uh premiership 
coach. Mm-hmm. She was the coach of Adelaide in that year. And she's been just very strong within the AFL, um, you know, W community and the VFLW community. Ever. Very good. Com- very good on the commentary as well. Oh, she's amazing. I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Just, well, I'm excited and also kind of, fearful because I feel like there's going to be some Hawthorne Bombers rivalry going on especially because in the VFLW at the moment they're the top two sides so it's looking like it'll be them in the grand final and then quite a few of their players will be going into the AFLW Mm. side so I'm pretty keen about that intimidated by Beck but we'll just see what happens (laughs) then you've got Port which seems to they seem to like uh, have had it took a while for their ball to get rolling, but now that it has gotten rolling, they're looking quite they're looking quite good. They've pinched quite a few Adelaide Crows players, um, senior players as well. That's You've strange. got Ange Foley, yeah, looking really good. Um, and then of course the best looking club so far is the Bombers. I think I'm I'm actually very here for Bombers being a bit of like a rival a rival the Bombers being a bit of like a villain club because we're pinching everyone's like favorite players. Yeah. I was going to say that. And you're not just pinching players from just one club. You've pinched them from like Western Bulldogs, uh, Carlton. Like you're just, you're just kind of pissing, pissing everyone off really. I know. I'm actually very, very here for it. I'm excited just to be that club that like everyone wants to (laughs) beat. Um, But yeah, I'm most excited about Bonnie too. And it's really special to see a lot of players who are kind of coming home to the clubs that they've always supported from childhood. That's why we got the likes of Bonnie too, got a Maddie Press Parkes, um, Sophie Alexander, like they, they're coming home because they supported these clubs as kids. And I think when we think about football, it's often still, we assume it's a male's um, domain, whether that's mm. playing or in fandom. So to see like the strong emotional ties enough to, pull them you know from these clubs that they've been with for certain for quite a few years because they want to come home mm. i'm loving it I, um, it makes me feel special i do enjoy that um a club that's celebrating their 150th year of existence is, is being referred to as a expansion club um it's <laughs> <that's> quite cool <laughs> yeah um is is it realistic for any of these expansion clubs in uh inverted commas to uh, make the finals or push hard for top four. With that, I know there's a lot of water under to go under the bridge, but in terms of uh, realistically first season in, yep. what do you think? Historically, no. In the whole season of the competition, there was only one expansion club who's ever won a final, which is North Melbourne. But we're continuously seeing year on since the league began that the top six has always been the six that were there from the, and like in the inaugural year, there hasn't been much change to that. You know, it's, it's always been Crows and Frio up there. I mean, I have to say yes, because I'm gunning hard that we're going to be in the grand final because I just <laughs> have to. Um, but realistically, it would take a mammoth push to see an expansion club in uh, the finals and something pretty magical to see them in top four. Even in Essendon and Hawthorne, when you sort of mentioned the fact that a lot of the a lot of the players coming from VFL level will have, um, I guess, you know, they've played with each other, and then obviously you just sprinkle in a little bit of class on top of that, and you know, surely you could see one of surely you could see Essendon making it. Like you can, this this show is built to be as Homerish as you want, so like by all means, like 
ride the Essendon train because we definitely won't. <laughs> well, I mean, just going to the VFLW week in and week out, and it's a very, it's a very strange feeling going there knowing that you're going to see a convincing win because, you know, tomorrow we play St Kilda in the, sorry, Saturday we play St Kilda in the morning and then as, and then the men's play the Dreamtime at the G match um, Saturday night. And it's like that's a game where pretty strong favourites and we're definitely going to win and then um, would be lucky to get more than 30 tackles maybe <laughs> in the night. <laughs> so to, not to drag my own men's side. But, um, yeah, so... It's a really hard question because I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much that the Bombers are going to come in and they're just going to be high-flying and they're going to be this really competitive side. But by all accounts, they definitely could be. Even the, the players that they've brought in from other AFL clubs, we've got a league best and fairest in there. We've got both Bonnie Toogood and Georgia G in the forward line. You've got Steph Kane as a winger. I just... Georgia Nansgown, she's coming up from the AFLW, um, from the VFLW mm. side, and she's constantly getting the best and fairest of the VFLW. Former hockey Roo as well. Yeah, and she's Absolutely leading the coach incredible of the award count. She's she's and the thing is, is she um chose not to do the last AFLW draft because she wanted to stay at Essendon. She'd rather stay at Essendon in the VFLW side than go to, to an AFLW club. So she's got that loyalty as well, that you team that. spirit, that's especially at to- Essendon. A couple of weeks ago on this show, I said that the uh, the award or the medal for the player judge, the MVP, best and fairest for the comp, should be named after either Daisy Pierce or Aaron Phillips. I really just threw Daisy Pierce in there. It was really just Aaron Phillips. So, who wins the Aaron Phillips medal next year? Actually, firstly, do you agree with me? And then, yeah, who- I want to I want to know who Marnie you think should the best and fairest should be named after and also best on ground for a grand final too, if I could. Please. Yes. There we go. Okay. So the Aaron Phillips award should be the league best and fairest because Aaron Phillips has won it more <laughs> than once. And Daisy hasn't won it. I think Sorry, what's Daisy. really interesting about talking about Daisy is that we've caught her at sort of the end of her, I mean, with Phillips as well, but we've really caught her at the end of her um, playing career because, you know, in the VFL level, she's a 10-time VFLW Premiership player. That's incredible. That was before the AFLW was created. So I think if we saw Daisy in her prime in the AFLW, it might be a different story, but it's definitely the Aaron Phillips Award just based on the fact that she's actually won it and Daisy hasn't won it. But then I would give the best on ground at the grand final to Daisy because she's just been... I, like those two are just such pioneers of oh. the comp and really making it what it is. But then you also want to throw in names like Debbie Lee because even though these players are pioneers, so are the women who fought so hard to get it off the ground. And I think there's got to be some recognition in that as well. So I don't know, maybe we could just have 10 different awards. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, we'll finish up on this one. So we, we did something earlier in the year where we did like a surprise All-Australian player. And I picked Jake Riccardi from GWS, who's having a great season so far. Who is mm. your surprise All-Australian for season seven? This is such a hard question. Because it's going to be also there forever. Like, so people yeah, can come back and listen to it. Yeah, like all of Chris's oh, wrong predictions. I've got it. Sarah okay. Perkins. Sarah Perkins? Yes, because, um, I mean, she's been doing amazing in Gold Coast. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think her it's not just her on-field performance, but also her leadership. But then she's coming home to play at Hawthorne and she's going to be re... Um, what's the word? I was going to say reignited. She's going to be well, she reignited. Was a Hawthorne, she was a Hawthorne player originally, wasn't she? Yeah, and it was Bet Goddard that gave her her first chance to play at AFLW level back at the Adelaide Crows and they're coming back together as a coach-player pair. I think that this is going to take her game one step further. I'm, I'll back it in. I'll say Sarah Perkins. And we should get your prediction for the Aaron Phillips best and best um, best player in the comp for the year. Um, this is a really hard question. We don't ask fluff questions. Mm. I really want to um, say an Essendon player just because I <laughs> have to. May as well. But even that, I'm just trying to pick one. Um, I'm really, I hate being wrong so badly for the ESPN, even for the men's season predictions. Um, I, I hate doing this stuff because I just hate being wrong. I said Port were going to win the flag. And I said, um, Essendon were going to be the biggest riser. It's like, well... <laughs> That's what Chris Chris predicted. That's pretty much right. The flag, and I predicted Essendon biggest riser. So we're both. Uh, we're so, all wrong together. So there we're you all go. Together, yeah. I still have to pick someone. You know, Ash Riddell. If she, Ash Riddell has another really good season, I can see her up there. I could definitely see Haley Miller up there again as well. Even Tilly Lucas Rod in going that was going to be that was going to be my um, selection. She is a, a ball magnet. Yes. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm going to, I will back in Tilly Lucas Road, actually. I think being at Hawthorne, I'm really excited to see what she's going to do there, unfortunately, because I also don't want to see what she's going to do there mm. because I would like Hawthorne <laughs> to not be as strong as I'm a bit worried they might be. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more with you with that, but my, I'll give you a surprise, All-Australian. Sophie Abitangelo from North Melbourne. Yeah, okay. Also my I'll first girlfriend in. in primary school. Mm. Yeah, so I'm a little I'm a little biased. She won't come on the show though, but um, pretty much taught me how to kick a footy. So um, she she is she's well overdue for some recognition. That is incredible. And she suffered enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She needs a win. Oh, <laughs> uh, Marnie, that is absolutely the perfect way to finish. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll get you back during the middle of the season. And we can yeah. review uh, how poorly your predictions are going and yeah. we can talk about uh, Essendon's slow start to the season. <laughs> I can't I can't deal with hearing more about slumps of Essendon. I don't think my heart could take it. <laughs> well, you've got, a, you've got another four months of it. Mm. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thank you very much to Marnie for coming on to have a bit of a chat there about the AFLW. What do you think? Uh, she's great. Um, I, I, reading between the lines, I think she likes Essendon. Oh, she loves Essendon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but an absolute superstar. Very, Ripper, very. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Definitely get her on again. I reckon we get her on again, like for Essendon post-mortem too. Yeah. Like the men's and just say, right. Yeah. This is a safe space. Just let it out. Yeah. We'll say this is a safe space, but then it, will, Actually, it won't be. That could be fun. We like to get a Julian to stoop as well. Just some, just some, <laughs> some Essence supporters in the media. And we'll just, we'll just let them, let them at it. Just ambush. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Ambush. Be like, Chris Grant. <laughs> Chris Grant from the boundary line. <laughs> but no, uh, massive thank you to Marnie. That was uh, an incredibly insightful chat. And yeah. 
She's a superstar that we'll definitely be getting back on. Yep. Uh, talking about the men's game, mm. I'm not sure if you saw this. Uh, there was a tweet uh, from, the, I think it was the Channel 7 Twitter account, yep. um, talking about Phil Davis and yeah. if he was CEO, what his changes would be. Well, he's been spruced as a future CEO, hasn't he? He has. Who, who started that? Probably Phil Davis. No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I don't know enough about the guy to, to really say yay or nay, but he's basically been asked what were the th- three changes uh, he would make if yep. he was in charge. All right, what, was he, what did he go with? Uh, he's changed the fixture. So there are no double-up matches, 26 home and away rounds, Oof. and 18-minute quarters. Um, 26 feels too much. And I know reducing the quarters is to make up for that. Extended amount of games, but jeez, oh, it you know when you get when you get teams that are already out of the race in in terms of being able to make finals, and you get to July and they're already cooked. That is a long, long time. Well, imagine North Melbourne long. playing twenty six games this year. Holy! Well, shit. When he says no double up matches, does he mean like no games overlapping? Yeah, that may be. Yeah, so. Standalone. If he means standalone games, I strongly agree with that. That's that's how I read that. Okay, well, that's good. I don't agree yeah. with the 26 home and away games. I People always say to me, it's not realistic. I still think it is. I think everyone should just play each other once. Mm-hmm. And then people go, yeah, but broadcast dollars are based around 22 games. But that's fine. I reckon you can make that up in other ways, whether it's a wild card finals you know, playing kind of whatever it is, or um, bring state of origin back, whatever it might be. But I, yeah, twenty six games too much. Do you think players care enough for state of origin to come back? Uh, they would if it meant they get their money or they don't get their money. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it's like a you know, it's more. I think it's yeah. more the clubs that kibosh that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I no issues with the quarters, eighteen minute quarters. So that was I, I. I'm all for players. I enjoyed I enjoyed the quarters as they are now compared to the because I had 18 minute quarters during COVID. Remember? Yeah, I didn't didn't enjoy it as much. I preferred slightly longer quarters. Mm, I'm all for the players saying what length quarter works. So if you yeah, if you get if and this wouldn't happen if you get 80 percent let's say 80 percent of players going 18 minute quarters works. I'm okay with that. Yep. They know. It's their bodies. True. I'll, I'll watch it if it's 18 minutes. I'll watch it if it's 20 minutes. I'll watch it if it's 25. True. I'm not going to stop watching, so it's true. No, 26 seems too long for me. Yeah. As I said, just it's just the poor performing teams. That becomes a shit show. Mm. Like, you know, West Coast of this year, North Melbourne of this year, playing 26 rounds is just oof, unwatchable. Yeah, very, very unwatchable. If they want to tweak the finals format to – find a way to get, you know, an extra game or two in that wild card playing format, do it. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who will complain about that. I just complain about anything that Brad Scott does. Uh, no double up matches. One of my biggest pet hates. Yeah, I think I think if we, um, as in the greater game, if the AFL can negotiate with the AFL-PA to have a Thursday night game every... Oh, please. Because at the moment it's the AFL-PA pushing back because of the five-day break scenario, but I think we're beyond that now. I think that it needs to happen. 
Um, mm. If we can schedule it so there's nine standalone games every week, it's a yeah. no-brainer. There's a game on every Sunday at like 4 or 5 p.m. that yeah. no one watches. It's the leading to the Channel 7 News game. No one watches it. Yeah. Please take that and put that game on Thursday nights. I'm begging you. Yeah. Please. Well, yeah. I, I look. I yeah. The, the NRL do it. They have. They never have games playing simul, simultaneously. So yeah. yeah, I think we can. AFL can do it. We can learn from the the NRL on that front. The next one was a mid-season trade period. Love it. Big love. Massive love. Yeah. Now I could see the AFL PA pushing hard against this, yep. just because it's free agency was a is a big was a big push. Right. Yeah, and it was a big step change. Yeah. Big step change. Mid-season trade period is a very, very, very big step. I as get well. it. I get it. But again, I'm I'm for it. I'm just no, I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah. the AFLPA will definitely push hard against that. No, they definitely will. But again, in terms of uh, if if their reluctance is due to um, players being shipped into state suddenly without much notice or whatever it might be. You're a professional athlete. This is this is what happens. These, you know, uh, yeah. like you want the money, you don't have to deal with the, the you know the rules and regulations of the sport. And if that's one of them, then so be it. But it also it benefits them as well. Like imagine, oh, it like, could massively benefit Nick, some players. Nick Nanui is what is he'd be late twenties, maybe early thirties. Yeah, he has probably miss, missed the premiership window with West Coast, it's probably over. Like, they're in a rebuild now. So he wasn't He wasn't at the... He no, he'd done it. his knee, yeah. That's right, because Scott Lysett played in that and then he went to Puerto Rico yeah. after that. So Nick Nat's probably missed his window of winning a premiership at West Coast and he may just... <laughs> you think? Yeah, well, exactly. So, um, um, Carlton need a ruckman at the moment. Um, think about how many clubs... Think about how yeah, many exactly. clubs they want... Uh, Collingwood needs a ruckman. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying Collingwood's in that premiership window. No, but, but Count, Count are super yeah. competitive at the moment. They're pushing for top four. Um, With Mark Pinno went down. Strength. The big strength went down. Um, imagine getting Nick Nat across mm. there. Like, and do it now. Like, So uh, Count give up a future first yeah. and whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Nick Nat's uh, in the dark navy blue heading into the, the second half of the season, the excitement would be it would be f- unbelievable. It would be crazy. And he is a genuine chance of winning yeah. a flag. Like I think it I think it's a big positive for a lot of players. They just need to see mm. see it, see the sort of long term future of it. But yeah. Do you think that how what what percentage would you put on AFL fans as stupid? Like you know Zero. You don't think any AFL fans are stupid? <laughs> you got two right here. <laughs> but you know when um, you look online, you got you you don't read you, you you don't want to read the Facebook comments, but you read them and you're like, the AFL Nuffy's page on Facebook is a wonderful. Is, read. I want to get on there, but I want to get <laughs> I want to get on there for what's a real comment, not me trolling. Yeah. yeah. Um, Imagine the backlash this would get though. Because so oh, to see like one of your heroes, ah, oh, they're like, stop changing the game. Like seriously, how many more? Like, shut up, Dennis. But that's different from shut a, up. That's not a rule change per se. Like that's not changing the fabric of the game in terms of what we do on field. It's Obviously, not America. It, no, yeah, but it's exactly. It's a massive change. I get it, mm. and fans would take a while to adjust, but they adjust 
They just do, really. Mm. If if we're talking about the sort of money that the TV deal brings to the table... It's sounding astronomical. This is... AFL is obviously a business, but when yeah. this much money gets assigned to it, this is the sort of stuff that would happen because that's when you yeah, that's when you sell those like... Oh, you do it as a live event. Trade deadline. Deadline day, you know, like SEN... Mm. Fox huge, footy, huge you know, money, yeah, ratings bonanza. Yeah, you've got to think of that stuff, mm. and that's that's where the players need to be. As I said, they need to think ahead with what is going to be required to earn this money. Yeah. This money is not just going to be given so you can just keep playing nine games and not have Please. to worry about it. Like, there has to be repercussions. You got yeah. to earn that. I love it, um, and it, well, look, we used to. That's a high profile example, Nick. That, but like, there's, there's players who. Can't like Luke Dunstan at St Kilda, whatever last year, or, or you know players who just can't break through because they've got a stacked midfield like it Demons or whatever it might be, who get an opportunity at another Mason club. Cox. Like it's yeah, I'm not sure anyone would take Mason now, but um, you know it, it's it works for the bottom end players as well as the superstars. Yeah, no, I, I I couldn't be more for it because of the because of the fact that it does create those opportunities, and especially yeah. like the mid season draft kind of it's like a it's like the tip of that i guess because you're because you're gonna see uh you're gonna see like teams draft you're gonna see teams draft like a ruckman from like the waffle or the sandville yeah yeah like it's, it's still in its infancy mm. that part of it that Jack it's, it's, it's more yeah it's more of a um at the moment it's more of a here are our injuries let's just grab a let's grab state a league weekend. player yeah, yeah. but it, it can be so much more yeah Oh, just just imagine that you you know you're like Carlton's a perfect example. You know, this is your you've got a, a fan base which has just been starved oh, just, of success oh. and is rampant yeah. and roaring yeah. and all aboard. Imagine imagine waking up as a Carlton fan tomorrow and seeing that you got Nick Nat. You grab Nick Nat. You're like, holy you would shit! Absolutely, you'd go mental. Yeah, and they would sell out games left, right, oh. and center. And the AFL owns. There'd be an extra 10,000 people at the next game. Marvel, uh, Carlton play a lot of their home games at Marvel. You're filling mm. out Marvel. The coffers is millions of dollars. It's... <sighs> I'd go as far as saying that the AFL have definitely already put this to the AFL yeah, PA. I would say, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I'd say while the AFL PA might be against it, it will get to a point where it's... It'll happen. It will happen, I reckon, in the next two to three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, in the next five years, I reckon. Yeah. So that was his second change. And on your Phil. Yeah, well done, Phil. And the last change is private ownership for clubs. This is an intriguing one, isn't it? Very intriguing because we've kind of seen it. We've seen it with the the Sydney Swans and the Brisbane Bears. Yeah, yeah, and North Melbourne actually had a they were um, had a share system as well. Didn't really go like those examples. They weren't raging successes. They weren't. I mean, it's a different era now. Um, Dr. Jeffrey Edelston tried to buy a team. Who did he try and buy? Sydney. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, when you look, the AFL subsidise, the AFL subsidise 10 of the 18 teams. Like, they have to tip in money to keep them going. But the fact there may be more, who knows? <laughs> but um, but if you said right, rather than the AFL tipping in millions of dollars to keep these clubs afloat, 
why don't we use private money to keep those clubs afloat and the AFL can keep that money for building grassroots? I or whatever they want yeah, to do. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm very surprised that I'd be sorry, I'd be very surprised if those conversations weren't happening as well, especially during COVID. Mm, yeah, because that's true. There's a lot of overhead there yeah, for the sure. AFL to be tipping money into not just 10, everyone. Yep. And the fact that you talked about their own Marvel, that's a that's a massive, massive stadium that they own yep. and no one's using it. Exactly. So it um, kind of seems... And like, there's, I mean, there's, there's plenty of billionaires in Australia now, you know. There's people who could do it. Um, so it, it's, a interest, it's a very interesting... I wonder what Phil's, um, if pressed, what exactly he was thinking with that. Yeah, because it, I mean, it was literally just a photo, wasn't he? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't him explaining it. Wasn't it wasn't expanded, yeah. So, yeah, I think that one probably needs to be I mean, expanded on. You'd be able to buy shares in Port Adelaide easy. Like, that'd be cheap as, cheap as chips. So those are the memberships, and I haven't bought, I haven't bought one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I've already told you the story about when Port Adelaide tried to get me to, like, you know, become a member and they were doing callbacks when Ken first started. And um, so they reached out to me and they were like, oh, no, I think they, they, they were they were making calls and I sent them a DM on Twitter. Like, if Ken calls me today, I'll buy a membership. Did it happen? And they were like, amazing. We'll get it done. What's your number? And um, he never called me. Kenny. So is it a coincidence that every day since he's been in charge of this sinking ship that is Port Adelaide <laughs> Football Club, I've been anti-Ken while I still wait next to my phone and I so I scream op- I scream at Optus for not having reception? If if Ken called you today... I'd be all over him. Would you say, mate, a bit love you... You'd, you'd, uh-huh. you'd go into full enough mode, right? I'd get a Ken Hinckley tattoo if he called me tomorrow. I genuinely would. If Ken Hinckley called Can me... Can we make that happen? Jesus. If Ken Hinckley called me for a chat, I'll get a Ken Hinckley tattoo. Okay. Like you're talking to a man who has... Like that's not that's not even saying much. No, that's true. That's true. But I'll genuinely get a Ken Hinckley tattoo. If he calls you. If he calls me. I'd love to have a chat with him. Yeah. Would he like to call me? No. <laughs> I don't think no, no. I think you would hate to speak to me on the phone. They said, uh, uh, media manager says, "Hey, mate, uh, just listen to the refill." Uh, the port supporter, he's going to get a tattoo if you give him a call. What do you reckon? He's like, "Sweet, I'll listen to the, I'll listen to one of the first episodes they did of the refill." <laughs> he's like, "What we're, the hell?" <laughs> yeah. Where the host put uh, all the Port Adelaide <laughs> into a gear into a basket. Woolies basket. <laughs> no, I, I would genuinely like. I would. I would turn like. I would turn from like, from, like from nothing to enough in like half a second. Yeah, you're a fickle man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. But I don't know. Like, it, it'd be good. It'd be good to pick his brain. Oh, any AFL coach, fuck. I'd like, I'd, I'd flat out ask him. I'd ask him like, I'd ask him the tough questions, like why Coke, like why can't we get like Sunkist or something, little like variety. 
but yeah, very interesting um, to see what he would Phil Davis would do. Um, I think that pretty much uh, wraps us up for another episode. Unless you had anything else to discuss or no, get into, no, just shop early, beat the rush. That's it. Um, thanks for having me on, and thanks everyone for listening. Really do appreciate it. Yep, that's it. We love you all, and uh, God bless, and we'll see you soon. You guys ready to do this? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, fans around the world. We welcome you to this historic event. Historic because we've seen boys become men, men become leaders, and leaders become legends.